Welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. This is the podcast where we just talk about whatever comes up to mind. Uh, if you guys know, the It Just Works uh, meme is from Bethesda, because Todd Howard likes to lie to you, but yet their games are still good. Today's topic is about Pokemon, and we're going to start off with talking about what it means to us as a whole. For me personally, Pokemon has been there since the beginning. It was the very first game I ever bought with my own birthday money. And it's just been extraordinary to me. Buying Pokemon Red and my green Game Boy Color back in the day was incredible. Uh, I remember at the end of the game, I released my Charizard, my favorite Pokemon of all time. So Pokemon has been great, but it's also hurt my soul in so many ways. What about you, Brandon? Uh, well, that's... Um... Honestly, I'm going to say the same thing. It's been with me since 99 i remember christmas getting blue version my sister getting red version and that was the first game that i played that wasn't on a demo disc for the playstation first of all so it's a game i completed and struggled through and even playing it now as an adult on the virtual console i'm surprised that my small dumbass could even navigate that game because i could barely do it as an adult but um but yeah man it's it's made a lot of memories in all sorts of media opening my first it's Pokemon cards, which was such a thrill that I'm still chased to this day. You know, waking up Saturday mornings and watching Saturday morning cartoons. People say Saturday, mor- Saturday morning cartoons, excuse me. That is my definition of so, which is Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, etc. But it's always been Pokemon. Uh, it's all those dumb mistakes that we made as kids. For example, Ryan, you released your Charizard. It, it hurts uh, so I much. I deleted my blue save after having a couple level 100s, but you know what? We make mistakes, and it happens. <laughs> you know, things just, it just works. And, you know, uh, you're going to hear that a lot. Um, you know what's funny is, like, you made a very good point that it's like, how did you beat this game as a kid? Because I look back at it now, and I don't know how I was able to complete that game instead of so many other games, like... Pokemon is not hard, but at five years old, how did I how did I beat that? I definitely know I wasn't smart because I released my Charizard, and uh, that hurts still. A lot of trial and error, and blindly going through Rock Tunnel. Was Rock Tunnel? Yes, Rock Tunnel going through. Oh man, Rock Tunnel was the scariest thing. <laughs> I seriously think it took me a couple days to do. Oh, same. That was a huge. That was a huge wall for me as well. And I tell my buddies, oh yeah, got through Rock Tunnel. And it was dark as shit. And they're like, you didn't get Flash? I'm like, what the hell's Flash? <laughs> You're like, what is this HM5 Flash? Hmm. Oh. What is this you speak of? Because I'm... Does uh, it do damage? Oh, I don't yeah. want it on my team then. Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, unless it's got a fire attack and my Charmeleon can have four fire moves. I don't want it. Because I was that trainer, dude. I didn't know about Stab. I didn't know about anything. I was like, oh, yeah, uh, Ember, Flamethrower, Fire Blast. Ooh, Fire Spin. You have all four <sighs> levels. All, yeah. all four levels of, a, of the Inferno that is Charizard. Yes. And you just horrible. barrel through any sort of type disadvantage you may have just with sheer will. <laughs> and I think that's what honestly got us through that game is just sheer will and determination to be the very best. And I did that. You know, it could be done. I will never forget, it was raining, uh, it was shortly after the games came out, I was playing it on 
actually, I think it was like a year after the game came out. But I went to a local Sears with my family, and I got my very first Pokemon plush toy. I actually still have it today. It's one of the Charizards, where he looks really goofy and terrible. <laughs> but I remember like driving home in the rain, and you know, for anyone that remembers, Game Boy Colors didn't have any backlights. They didn't even have the attachment yet. It hadn't been released. So I was playing my Pokemon Red in the rain, and it was a new save, and I'm pretty sure I had a Charmeleon before Misty. I'm pretty much known to do that, but that was like the first time it ever happened. And I look back at it till this day, and like, Charmeleon's my boy, and I always made sure that like he was almost a Charizard by the time I got to Misty. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. Like in the anime, you know, Ash beat Brock with what uh, Metapod, and he I don't remember the fire sprinklers and shocked the hell out of yes, Linux. yeah, because that makes <laughs> sense. I mean, so, in a sense it does, but you want to try and pull that shit off in the game and you just can't, it's... Mm. Yeah, I... It's um, a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. And that goes back to my first disappointment as a child. Ouch. <laughs> well, don't worry, there's a lot more to come. Oh, God in heaven. Uh, yeah, yes. I, I understand what you mean when you say uh, those memories that tie to the weather, the... You know, and, and, it's, and it goes back to all of us having a, a similar childhood. You know, there was no light attachment or backlit screens on the Game Boy Color and the first Game Boy Advance to come out. And everyone can identify with using street lights to light the, light the way on your journey in the game just so you can get a couple steps farther every time you pass a street light. It's a, it's a shared experience that we all had. And I think that's, you know, what really ingrains Pokemon into our childhood specifically, but also the fact that it's still going. It may not be as the way it's going is how everyone would like it, but there are plenty of generations that came after ours, for instance, uh, younger people who were playing the new games, and they're just getting the same kick out of it that we got as kids, and I think just Pokemon is going to be timeless. It's it's going to be right up there with, uh, you know, it's going to be a classic, and it'll always be changing, hopefully. I, I really do hope they improve a lot of things. I hope Gen 8 with a slight, you know, mishap, which we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, Pokemon, it just... it. I think we should get into that now. Uh, it looks like you need to get something off your chest about Sword and Shield, Brandon. <sighs> what is it? Okay. Go for it, dude. Let it out. Because I personally think the games are great. My only personal issue with the game is the post-game. Isle of Armor should have been the post-game, and then we should have had a different or Crown Tundra should have been the first expansion, and then something else. But other than that, I think the game is extremely solid. For the first time ever, you get to actually feel like you're battling in a gym, like a full-on stadium with an audience. It's never been done like that before. And then, personally, I think Gigantamax uh, trumps uh, Mega Evolution all day. Okay, good thing we got a lot of time left in this podcast. Here <laughs> I go. Uh, you made some excellent points. Uh... You know, I do agree, the game was lacking in vanilla, you know, there wasn't much to do in post-game, which is a huge bummer, because, you know, you have post-games like, well, I can't, Red and Blue had no post-games whatsoever, but Gold and Silver, you had a whole other region to go into, uh, third gen, you had the Battle Frontier, uh, fourth gen, you had the Battle Frontier again, and, um, you know, various other things in Heart, Gold, Silver to do, and... Uh, Gen 5 also it stands out to me in terms of post-game replayability. 
uh, you had White Tree Hollow and Black City, uh, and a Pokemon World Tournament. I mean, come on, like that's that was our like I feel like that was a really good first experience into battles being the sport and world event that you would see eventually in Sword and Shield. So I agree, in Sword and Shield being it being literally a sport where you go in a jersey and battle it was it was amazing it was a really good experience and that was one of the positive experiences i drew from pokemon sword and shield during my playthrough however uh i do not agree with gigantamax being superior to mega evolutions simply because well i mean it's you know what it's got its advantages and disadvantages its advantages is um any pokemon can technically Dynamax. The base of it is Dynamax. And right. then only certain Pokemon can Gigantamax. So it's similar to how Mega Evolution, only some Pokemon had Mega Evolutions, whereas other ones couldn't. So the fact that anybody can get real big real fast, it's a... it's it's a Jesus, I'm saying that too much. <laughs> no, I don't worry about universal. it. Um, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that you said earlier was and this is something that everyone goes back to, and I'm really confused by it. Battle Frontier. Let me tell you something. There is oh nothing God. great about Battle Frontier. All you do is use stupid rental Pokemon and battle boring teams. The rewards aren't even there. There's nothing worthwhile. When I think of the best like Pokemon in games, I think of Omega Ruby and Sapphire, where you can literally go through Hoopa's wormholes and collect legendaries like never, be- like never before. However, you did make a very good point that Pokemon World Tournament was like it was like the pinnacle of what any trainer could ever want that's been there since the beginning. I am one of the few people that I know personally, granted I know probably thousands and millions of people have done in the world, that have actually completed the entire Pokemon World Tournament. I fought every single trainer, beat them all. And it was the only time I've ever been like truly challenged in Pokemon because you and me actually started battling to a competitive level. In those games, it was like for the first time ever, we're like, okay, cool, let's care about our stats. Mm-hmm. You know, EV training, IV training, all of that. Best ones forward, yeah. So it was it was really cool to experience that. I I personally believe in terms of post game, black and white two are the best games for that. But also Fire Red and Leaf Green, my personal favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got these Sevi Islands, which it totally expanded on the Kanto region like never before. And it's stuff like that that I think stands out more than the Battle Frontier. There's nothing wrong with the Battle Frontier necessarily. It's exactly what it was meant to be. But I don't go to it and go, oh, I'm really glad I did that. What did I get from it? Oh, that's right. Nothing. That's very true. And I think I agree. Sevi Islands are fantastic as a post game. I honestly kind of forgot about them when I mentioned that Kanto didn't have post game, but that was talking about red and blue. Yeah. Fire, Leaf Green, Sevi Islands, you got Johto Pokemon, you got the secondary storyline with the Hypno in the Forest, and it was just super cool, man. You can get a Larvitar, which is my personal favorite Pokemon, well, Tyranitar. So, yeah, actually, those were bitching. Uh, however, with the Battle Frontier, I do agree, it's not for everybody. I personally didn't play it as much as I would like to admit. Uh, however, just going to the Battle Frontier and getting the experience of a new location, something that's foreign. Because I believe it was only it was only an Emerald, correct? Was it in Ruby and Sapphire as well? What's that? Was the Battle Frontier in Ruby and Sapphire, or was it only an so Emerald? The, yeah, the first time the Battle Frontier ever existed was actually an Emerald. 
Okay, so playing Ruby and Sapphire on release and then going to Emerald and seeing that there's a whole new area that was yet to be explored and rental Pokemon, yeah, they're not the best, but you know, we've dealt with rental Pokemon in the Pokemon Stadium games. You know? Right. It's not a completely foreign concept and it gives you a chance to find out new movesets because I want to go back to how your Charizard's moveset was not very diverse. <laughs> and neither was my Blastoise, honestly. What are you saying, bro? I'm, I'm saying you got that hot fire, man. I don't know. I got that hot fire. You got, got a diverse fire portfolio for your winged overrated dragon. Um, Whoa! <laughs> so yeah, Shots rental fired. Pokemon give you a chance to see what the Pokemon can do aside from what you would normally, the kit you would normally give it in your team. So that is really cool, plus the ambiance of it and seeing the different buildings and playing through. So to be like, it may not be for everybody, but what I'm getting at is there was a post-game, there was a certain area that came with the game that you got to experience. And I feel like Sword and Shield was lacking uh, foreign areas. I mean, I understand it's based on um, England, right? Or London? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's obviously not going to be... That is the island. You know, it's all just one fluid motion. But uh, not having a solid post-game and then having a post-game where you had to essentially purchase it now, which is not a is not uncommon practice in the world of video games right now. Uh, you know, DLC is prevalent, and, you know, it kind of ties into our title of our podcast, It Just Works. It all started with that damn horse armor. But that's oh, another God. episode. I totally bought it, dude. I, I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> flexing so hard, I was like, I can't get my mom's credit card. Yeah, Elder Scrolls is definitely going to be a nice long topic. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think... You know, one of the things that, like, really stands out to me in terms of complaints people had for Sword and Shield was the animations and the fact that they did reuse, uh, you know, certain animations from uh, Sun and Moon, the 3D models since 6th Gen. And I really understand those arguments, but I wouldn't expect them their first Switch game to go balls to the wall because, to me, they didn't really have as much time as Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild had five years of development i'm gonna go ahead and say sword and shield maybe had three if that if that and one of the things that i think we can both agree on and a lot of people listening is pokemon's kind of just been lazy Mm -hmm. so i thought of a couple uh features that were added in the previous generations that are gone and it just makes you wonder so Heart and Gold and Soul Silver added the ability to have your your front party Pokemon, one that's first in the party, no matter what it is, will follow you with its sprite. I remember the first time I saw a Groudon following me, I was like, let's go to Mount Silver, Red. What are you going to do? <laughs> What's going to happen, Boyle? But in the companion games to that generation, 4th Gen... Uh, Diamond and Pearl, I didn't play Platinum, so I couldn't talk about that very much. They added the effects when you throw out your Pokeball. So when I threw out my Charizard, I literally had blue flames coming out of my Pokeball. And it's just these two features in particular. It's like, why would you get rid of that when that was some of the best innovation I've ever seen? And third one I'm going to throw in there real quick because it's also fourth gen. I guess it was a great generation. The underground exploration was amazing. I wasted so much time on that. <laughs> Even being unsuccessful uh, in extracting all the fossils you could, 
I still spent way too much time in there. I didn't get to do, uh, take advantage of any of the online features. I didn't play with anybody else. I was just wandering around. Those picking up fossils. Okay. All right. Anyways, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm done here. No, I agree. Uh, I agree with the. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in order of how you describe them. But the following Pokemon. I mean, the first. The first taste of that we got was in Pokemon Yellow, which was amazing. You felt just like Ash or Red if you want to stay with Pokemon Adventures. Um, that was really cool. And then having that revisited in Heart Gold and Soul Silver was amazing. Any Pokemon you wanted, because I do believe in Diamond and Pearl, there was a uh, Pleasant Park. Uh, you could select yes. certain Pokemon, uh, mainly like Baneeries, Pikachus, Merrills, like any of the cute Pokemon to follow you around. And it was our second taste of that. And then Heart Gold and Soul Silver, full taste. I mean, I had a Lugia following me. And he said it gave me a big hug, and I was like, wow, my character is crushed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, I am so bummed that they took that out, because I think that was an amazing feature. We got to see it in Let's Go, uh, and in a sense, riding Pokemon, like how you would in Sun and Moon, but we can get to that another time. But I feel like having well, Pokemon... We could, oh, we could touch on it real quick. I would say that... Know? Let, yeah, it just it'd be quick because I think Let's Go hands down nailed it. Like that was the best feature of that game. What's that? You want to ride on an Arcanine's back? Uh, oh, here you go. You want a Machamp to cradle you? That's weird, but okay, you can do it. <laughs> Whatever you're into, man. <laughs> you want to ride on a Snorlax's stomach like you're attached to it, like a piece of gum? You know what? Go ahead. Wait, What's that? You want to? F- yes, you can. <laughs> What's that? You want to fly on a Charizard? Because he's the best Pokemon ever? Yes, you can. We need to do videos so you can capture the eye rolls that I do whenever you mention Charizard. Oh, why? You know what? Let's just get into it. Why do you think he's so overrated? Well, I want to roll back to Sword and Shield and our complaints with that. Yes. I feel like we are jumping topics a little too fast. Okay. Uh, Well, I think Sword and Shield... My complaints with it are honestly like what we just been going, what we have been just going through. It's like you have all these amazing features. You have a console that can definitely bring up the graphical fidelity of the games to something that's never been seen before. Even though it's not that impressive for Pokemon, it is. And I just think those features we have are just incredible. They're they're game changing features. There's kids that have never played these games before. Could you imagine all all these new trainers? Being able to see them, their favorite Pokemon follow them, just like they can see their um, some of their favorites in the wild area, it's just it's just kind of sad, and I just feel like it's lazy. It's very lazy game developing. You are the highest selling franchise in the world. You somehow found a way to be Star Wars, Marvel, Disney. God n- name it doesn't matter. They beat it. Yeah, and, number one. And I feel like that plays into the fact that they can be as lazy as they've been. You know they're already they're already printing out money. We can put out bare minimum product and people will buy it, and that's what happened. I would you you remember I was very much against getting Sword and Shield, and then eventually I got it on release. And it's just the Pokemon hooks are in to a lot of generation of people. And you know I think right now uh, with our ages, you know some of the people we went to school with they have kids who are at the age of playing video games, and if they liked Pokemon, they're gonna want to show their kids Pokemon, something they can bond over. Right. have a, a connection to so like it, it's it's gonna it, they're, they're gonna sell people on you know various media platforms or social media platforms excuse me 
they were all ready to boycott the absolute but Jesus had a short sword and shield and that we all knew it wasn't going to work it was going to sell yeah so. I just think uh, you know <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know I lost my train of thought um, oh, shit I'm sorry I cut you off no no you're good it's just when you have such a dedicated fan base like no other like people who live and breathe it I mean, there's people who stream every day, shiny hunting, just they're having chat rooms over it. They're just talking about it. They're playing the randomizers together. You got people creating their own fan-made games that are better than the games that exist. Oh my God. ROMs and emulators are amazing. And it, and it's a it's such a bummer that Nintendo's so like on a crackdown, you know, understandably so to in a business point of view, but it's like why aren't these people working for Pokemon? <laughs> That's kind of how I see it too, though. It's, you know, these randomizers, like I was watching one of my favorite streamers play uh, a crystal randomizer last night, and I'm just like, how cool would it be if the Pokemon, or Game Freak, hired these people and said, hey, you know what? We're going to come out with a free update that allows you to create a brand new save that's a legitimate IP-owned uh, randomizer. Like, I don't understand why they're so against stuff like that it just it would bring the game to new heights and you can you can cut off the multiplayer for it if you want you can say hey you still have to play the base game if you want to do ranked matches or do live tournaments no problem it makes sense to me but randomizers bring an extra game mode essentially like no other i mean it's just it's just insane like i'm watching her play it and the trainer has a mewtwo or something and it's like, <laughs> okay. It makes no canon sense whatsoever, but it's just fun. It's just funny. It's a fun mode that a, a lot of games have a lot of fun random modes. You have, like, cheat codes and things that make the game enjoyable on a second playthrough. New Game Plus. I mean, it'd be kind of difficult to do a New Game Plus, like, I'll carry over your Pokemon and steamroll the first day gyms. However, a New Game Plus with a randomizer would be a lot of fun. And it's a missed opportunity, 100%. And I and I want to say Pokemon would be, or Pokemon Company and Nintendo would be afraid of changing the formula, even though they've already, they tweak the formula every generation that comes out, whether it's, like we mentioned earlier, introducing new mechanics and then taking them away. Um, they're always tweaking the formula ever so slightly, but it's cola, man. They're gonna, it's packaged, it's packaged differently same formula just slight tweaks here and there and i feel like that's why pokemon doesn't want to do any sort of um aftermarket i don't want to say aftermarket but like fan-made fan-made dlc updates ideas yeah yeah it's just unfortunate because i just see so much opportunity for the entire community and i don't see how they couldn't uh, thrive on this as a business aspect. Like they would gain so much respect, like Bethesda does when they when Bethesda's like, you know what? If you want to make a mod, go for it. We could care less. Have fun. There's un there's unofficial patch updates. If you want to walk around as Master Chief, you can. If you want to have Thomas the Choo Choo Train as a dragon, you can do it. It's just when you allow that kind of freedom. You're obviously going to have some issues. Like uh, Super Smash Brothers allows you to create your own maps, finally, to 
a degree. I wouldn't say it's like a good map maker, but it's definitely an incredible start with the imagination some people have had. However, there's something. Yeah, it's something you got to start somewhere. And unfortunately, there was a few bad eggs, and there was people who made uh, you know their own maps that were technically offensive or. They had some verbiage on it that you obviously don't want kids to see. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a scary avenue to go down. I just I just look at Sword and Shield and I see a barren wasteland with so much potential like the raid battles. Uh, you know, people said, Oh, it's just a borrowed concept from Pokemon Go and it, it technically is, but they they made it their own and the most amazing way possible. When I play Sword and Shield now, I am literally just doing raids and nothing else. Or hatching eggs. Which I'm doing right now. Did you, hatch, Still, did you get that shiny score bunny yet? I don't have a shiny score bunny. And I've hatched God knows how many eggs. I swear, if this little bugger doesn't come out soon, I'm going to throw my Switch at the wall because my Joy-Con's drifting. Crikey, this little bugger. Sorry. Dude, oh jeez yeah. that's one way to offend one audience <laughs> I just think moving forward Pokemon really needs to take a step back and go, go no matter what we're going to get their money I'm okay with that I'm happy to give them my money because even though these games are sad <laughs> and it could be so much better I still get my money's worth out of them so I can sit here and bicker all day to you, but on my save file right now on Sword, I almost have 100 hours. When I purchase a game, I figure one hour is a dollar. And most games these days are 60 bucks. Almost all of them are $64 after tax guaranteed, and, you know, where we live. If I get past that hour threshold, I feel, besides legitimate critiques for the game, like that's as far as I can go. Like I can't go on Reddit and sit there and complain all day because guess what? I still got my money's worth. They found a way to make sure I got my money's worth. And the expansion pass that's coming out is $30 for two expansions. And even though I hate, <laughs> I hate that Isle of Armor is a filler until Crown of Tundra, Crown of Tundra is changing a lot. I mean, it looks incredible with the two new Reggies coming out, our beautiful three trio birds. I just said the same thing twice. Our trio birds are completely getting revamped with new types, new, obviously the looks of them are just insane. And it's stuff like that that like really gets me excited. We got Galarian uh, Slowpoke, which I think is the best part about Sun and Moon is that they change the forms of some of our favorite Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And even though half of them look terrible, I appreciate <laughs> I still appreciate that a lot because it says, to me it says that they're almost at the point where I want them to be. And I want them to stop making new Pokemon and change the ones that we already have. We're almost at 900 Pokemon. We can cut it out now. Like, we don't need any more. However, as much as I want them to stop making new Pokemon, I really believe Sword and Shield's Pokedex is solid. I love most of the Pokemon. Go ahead, if you got anything. That's on the Sword and Shield topic. I, I just think that's where I stand with it, is that it's a solid game. It's a six and a half out of ten. Uh, I still don't mind that they cut the Pokedex. I just wish that they didn't lie to us because there's no way that they didn't have all those Pokemon ready. They just wanted to incentivize their filler expansion one and then their big expansion two because it. I mean, 
I'm hoping I'm right when I say this that it's going to add the rest of the Pokemon. But the fact that they hid it behind that instead of just being up front was really disheartening because I would have been okay with it. I don't mind. Yeah, they just straight up said, like, we cut the Pokedex. Just cut the Pokedex. Okay, I get that. Because it's like you said, there are 900 Pokemon. Catching them all is not only easier now with all the avenues we have. Like, we literally have Pokemon home on our cell phones if you want to trade something right now i can just pick up my phone and do it right now it's it's great there are more ways to trade than ever before uh right. however when it comes to catching them all in a certain pokedex like i've got my shiny charm pretty quick faster than i have in any other game and i like that it was dialed down as somebody who doesn't get much enjoyment out of free roam games where I get enjoyment out of free roam games, but I get easily overwhelmed with a large number for a Pokedex. Like, even communicating on the trading subreddits to get my last few entries, it's still something I had to get out of my comfort zone to do and go the extra mile to do. But it's easy. It's easier now than it ever was, but having that lower number just in the base game, just in vanilla, was, um, like you said, I wish they were upfront about it, Unfortunately, they weren't. They did lie about a lot of aspects of why the uh, Pokedex was cut. Uh, you know, just, they didn't want to make all the models and animations. Uh, they wanted to cut it for new models and animations, and then shortly later in the trailer, we saw them use the same double kick they've used. And so, God, what? Third gen? Fourth gen? And honestly, seeing the double kick happen, and I believe it was. What's Scorbunny's evolution? Cinderace? No, the mid one. Raboot. Cockatoo? What? <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Raboot, do, you know, obviously he's the soccer Pokemon, he kicks, and then he just does a little little shuffle, and then two feet happen to appear on the enemy Pokemon. It's just, when you say that you cut it for improved animations, we see the same ones. That's, I believe, what got most people mad. Because not everyone's going to have the same favorite Pokemon. Their Pokemon got cut because of poor animations and if they were just straight up and up front uh you know obviously it's another and it's another good selling point for the dlc we're gonna get about 200 in isle of armor correct well that's not official so that's mm. that's the thing is it's not official yet and if it doesn't happen then i think a lot of people are going to be upset but once again people are going to be upset all they want dude but they're still buying these games it's not going to stop I'm, I haven't pre-ordered the DLC, but I'm more than likely going to as well. Mainly for Isle of... Um, not Isle of Armor. Why am I... No. <laughs> uh, I actually just want the Karate Bear, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I I pre-ordered it, I think, like, the week it got announced, just so I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think moving forward, they need to be more honest about it. However, you made some really good points that, like, you really can't defend them is... I'm okay with the Pokedex being cut. I really am. I got Charizard. But the animations for the moves not being updated for several generations now is unexcusable. Tail Whip, Double Kick. For some reason, they make Flamethrower worse every generation, and I pay attention to that detail like no other. Nothing uh, can beat Fire Red, Loot Green, Flamethrower. No. No. <laughs> And then Gen 4's Dragon Pulse was amazing. Oh, good lord, yeah. Obviously, that's the move, uh, That's where the game, 
that's the game it came out on. It's just those minor, and I hate to say this phrase, quality of life improvements would really help their case. You know, if they change double kick to where Cockatoo is literally <laughs> is literally running. I don't know his name. Uh, Hooded Ninja. Reboot. He's. I think he's cooler than Cinderace. But yeah. if they just make every animation for every Pokemon, then okay. Like, yeah. they use Charizard's wing attack animation, which, now that I think about it, made no sense. Like, if you use Earthquake with him, it's his animation where he throws his tail up, and it looks sick. You can totally get behind that. But there's there's just ways around it, and they have to find... They have to figure something out. Yeah. I don't think they ever will, to be honest with you. But touching on the sword and shield, like, era that we're talking about, what is your thoughts on Pokemon Home and having it on the console and also on the phone. Like personally for me, I understand why people hated it being um, on two separate devices, but I actually like it quite a bit. I like it too. I mean, you have the option. It's like I said before, when there are so many ways to trade now, you have it on console and you have it on phone, which I haven't loaded mine up in a while. I've, you know, I haven't played Pokemon in a minute, uh, but also check they have mainly the same features. If anything, the phone has more features because you have the GTS. That's the only way you can access the GTS. Well, everyone has... A, everyone... <laughs> we'll have a Blizzard episode. And everyone has phones, right? You guys have phones, right? <laughs> you guys have phones, right? That should <laughs> be our motto. You guys have phones, right? <laughs> God, Blizzard, yeah. stupid company. Yeah. We'll get into that next episode. Or a couple episodes from now. We'll get when, that. Whenever, because you know Blizzard pretty more than I do. I'm just, I'm just a biased hater, so I'd love to talk about Blizzard. More like Izzard. Um, but yeah, so everyone has phones, even the kids who are just now starting with this generation of Sword and Shield, they all have, they have those ways to connect and trade, and I think having them on both devices is excellent. However, I'm going to say, with the GTS solely on the phone platform, um, it kind of dips into the lack of online infrastructure that Nintendo and all of its companies, especially Pokemon, how poor their infrastructure is for online and it's it's a huge disappointment you know here we are right now me me and you ryan we're yeah. recording ourselves and we're talking cities away and it's going flawlessly and i can't even hop into voice chat in super smash Bros. and talk shit <laughs> and i feel and and then i can't access the gts from the game like how i would in all games previously i love just being like, oh gts i'm gonna go check on it in game, there we go, boom. And of course, with Pokemon, Pokemon Home, and especially with Pokemon Bank, I want to dial it back to Pokemon Bank. You know, you had the option to do GTS in game, and then I believe there was GTS in Pokemon Bank as well, correct? No, there wasn't. Okay, so it was strictly in game, and it was just one app. Your Pokemon Bank was strictly the bank, and your GTS was in game. And I feel like having GTS on strictly the phone, so you can use the network capabilities of your cell phone. But not having it on console is um, it's a step backwards. They really need to figure out, like you said earlier, uh, the ways to fix the animations. It's not quality of life so much as it is cos. It's it's strictly cosmetic. Like it's it, these gripes are cosmetic. I want my Pokemon to feel alive because they're presented in three D. They are living, breathing creatures within this world. I want them to have, you know, you have your signature moves for the starters. You want them to have more depth. 
more depth exactly because otherwise and that's why i haven't really played 3d pokemon games as much as i have uh 2d sprites and even i played the hell out of fifth gen black and white 2 black and white 1 you had animations constantly but it was still 2d sprites and i can't really play 3d pokemon games because i feel like it's the world itself you know aside from sword and shield being kind of like a barren wasteland there's no personality to the pokemon or even to the player the player character uh still has no inter- uh, no reaction uh emotionally in their face to most anything i think they did a couple times in sword and shield but i know at sun and moon there was literally a, a wormhole being ripped open <laughs> right behind some characters and my character was just smiling the whole time I was like yep i'm gonna go catch that fucking thing which is how i felt but that's i felt that way because i felt like there's no weight to the world and that's a that's a gripe of mine that i have with uh, sword and shield and their lack of infrastructure online for gts as well as the cosmetics that we spoke about earlier and uh yeah yeah I, uh, I think i think the gts only being on the phone is really stupid I am okay with it being on the home console and still not added into the game. At this point, they would have to change a lot of shit up for that. I mean, it wouldn't just be a simple update. They'd have to come up with netcode for it to be in the game. So it won't happen in this game. I do believe it should be on Pokemon Home on the console. Or at the very least, because, you know, once again, you made a very good point. There's no way people playing these games and have internet and have Pokemon Home don't have a phone. They need to update the phone app for you to do GTS. And then also, if you're on the same network, transfer it automatically to your game if you want to. Or have that ability to. And then I really believe that would get rid of a lot of gripes for now. But I think one of the things you said right now is something I've never thought about. And that is how they basically transferred our top-down 2D sprite original classic Pokemon games to the 3D world and the landscape and atmosphere and they just didn't translate it very well. There's there's nothing alive. I mean the trees you look at, there's no breeze, they're not they're not swaying to the wind. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Heart Gold looked more realistic than Sword and Shield. Yes, I agree. Pokemon Heart Gold, even even when you went into the early routes in Ruby and Sapphire and you saw your reflection and the clouds move in puddles on the ground. Like, and I want to touch back into, uh, you know, black and white when you go across Skyro bridge, it's 2d, but it really gave you a scale of how massive this bridge was. And I feel like in 2d, of course you are limited, but they had a better opportunity that they took to make the world, give it real scale, give it real depth. And yes, we have 3D, anima- uh, 3D animations and models for the Pokemon, but they just feel like lifeless. And you said there's no breeze in the trees. The world has no depth. I mean, we get sandstorms. We have the weather system in Sword and Shield, but it's just not to the same degree as we had back in the day. And I want to believe I don't have nostalgia goggles on. I really want to look at this objectively, but... I can't help but feel like these games are lacking a lot of life that they just didn't put in. And it's a, it's a huge disappointment for me in the newer generations. Yeah, I'm still holding hope that the fourth gen remake we get next year is going to be 
um, a step forward because mm-hmm. technically, you know, even though you made a good point in Hoenn, you were able to, in the Hoenn region, you were able to walk through the water and see a reflection, see the clouds moving, and just th- those very small details showed the scope of the world compared to Gen 2. But Gen 4 took it a step even further with their dynamic weather system, which sounds weird to use the word dynamic, but they did have a full-fledged seasonal system. And I believe Sword and Shield was like, let's just get this out. Let's give them something for the new gen. Let's give them something for the console. But I think the Diamond and Pearl remakes are truly going to define what the future of console Pokemon games are going to be like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had the windmills in them. They had, like I said, the seasons. They had a lot going on in those games that are basically what you miss. It's, it's what you want. Yeah. I think if you go through the sandstorm in the wild area on Sword and Shield, <laughs> like, I don't even think your character, like, tries to cover his eyes. I think he might, I think he or she might put goggles on, but... I honestly don't think so. I think it's just wide-eyed like yes look at me guys <laughs> or we have just absolutely flawless lashes that are invisible and it's just a galarian trait that every trainer has <laughs> well it's starting to make me realize that a youtube mini series that's kind of a joke it's called starter squad i think i sent it to you before oh yeah i've heard of i've heard of starter squad yeah in the first couple episodes red is in it and he's basically like a stagnant placeholder and now i'm starting to think that that was an inside joke about how your trainer is like the most useless thing ever (laughs) we we save the world multiple times we capture legendary pokemon but we are also just stoic brain dead just lifeless bodies (laughs) meat bags meat bags rolling through catching other kind of lifeless things talking about sword and shield uh, yeah, man. I mean, Sword and Shield. Like, I played it through. I mean, I had a good, a better time than I thought I would have with the game. I enjoyed it. I, like you said, the raids were an excellent mechanic. Even though it was brought over from Pokemon Go, I still feel like it's nice to basically gang up on a big Pokemon with your buddies. And even though the infrastructure is a little sounds kinky, a little work. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay extra for that. Oh, you do actually. You have to pay extra in thirty dollars. Um, but I, oh! I, I am, on, <laughs> I am honestly looking forward to the, the expansion pass. Crown of Tund- Crown Tundra is going to be great. I'm excited for the retyped legendaries. I can't wait for Charizard Five. It's going to be fantastic. What is up with you and Charizard, dude? Leave him alone. <laughs> we want to want to dip into that. I think we touched on Sword and Shield as much as we could. Yeah, why Charizard's overrated? Yeah, I think the expansion pass conversation will come up again once we actually get our hands on it. If you don't get it day one, I will have a day one. I'll probably have day one. We are one hundred percent doing an episode based on Isle of Filler. <laughs> so Isle of Ever. I want to know why do you believe Charizard is so overrated? I really like. I don't get it because besides are you keep these episodes an hour or do we get a lot of time? Oh, shut up. Uh, I'm sorry, just go for it, dude. No, 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 you're good, good. I, I gotta hear this because okay, I gotta just go for it, just go for it. I gotta well, I'll sit here and not be judgmental. <laughs> oh, so I'm the judgmental one. Anyways, Charizard, I believe, is overrated for many reasons. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's everyone's favorite Pokemon. It is 
Is it? Overrated. It's not mine, but most everybody, if you ask them what's your favorite Pokemon, it's going to be Charizard. Take a look at the Google polls. The most popular Pokemon was Charizard. And a stupid frog with a tongue that goes around its entire body. Greninja's tight. He's okay. okay. I, I just hate the tongue thing. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, anyways, I, and it's not saying, like, I don't, it's not that I hate Charizard. There are people who legitimately, like, when they Charizard name gets brought up, they reel in disgust, and they're like, oh, guys, Charizard, meh, meh, fucking, like, I like Charizard. I will put Charizard on my team. He's got a great shiny. He's, he was my second starter when I played Blue on my second run. Squirtle first time, did Charter, Charter, Jesus, Charizard the second time. He's just, he gets so much love, deservedly so, for a single Pokemon. And, you know, obviously we saw it in Sword and Shield. He was the only Gigantamax of the starters. He was the only Gigantamax Kanto starter. And he was only the, he was the only Kanto starter in the game. And you have, honestly, another gripe I had about Sword and Shield. You had Leon, where everyone just could not shut up about this Charizard. You see the hype for Charizard in real life and you see the hype for Charizard in Sword and Shield and it's uh, obnoxious in Sword and Shield but it's just such a meme to talk about in real life that Charizard is overrated. He's got plenty of merch, he's got plenty of you know TCG products, uh, tag teams he's got two tag teams, he's the only Pokemon with two tag teams, I might be mistaken on that um, you know it's just uh, a lot of Pokemon, or a lot of, a lot of Pokemon people love Charizard and I get it to an extent, but I believe there is a little bit of overhype in that. Ryan, what do you feel about the situation? I think you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> let me know. Listen, let, let me let right. me let me tell you why. <laughs> let me let me know why I'm right. Let me tell you why you're wrong. It starts with one episode in the Pokemon anime. Besides, actually, but let me roll that back a second. My personal experience with Charizard is not only was he on the box art of Pokemon Red, I wish I had a, a cam recorder. The very first base set booster pack I bought, I pulled a hollow Charizard. So for me personally, and him being be- uh, excuse me, Ash's best Pokemon, it just holds so much sentimental value to me because when Ash needed him to be that strong powerful Pokemon to help him get to victory, not that his others weren't good. Charizard was there to get it done. When he does seismic toss on Magmar to say, to say hey, you know what? Fuck you. It's just mm-hmm. like the coolest thing. And then you got Charizific Valley in Orange League, which that was a great episode. it just episode. blew my mind away because they took Ash's Charizard and said, yeah, yeah he kind of sucks. And he sat in a lake for, I think, a whole episode before Charizard stayed behind and got stronger for his trainer, there's just a level of respect between the two, uh, the trainer and Pokemon that like it just meant so much to me as a kid. And you know when you have that, when you have a pet in real life, it's almost the same type of respect where your dog, your cat, whatever the animal may be, if it loves you, of course, it also respects you to do the right thing. And Charizard was always, like, just there for Ash because Ash just had a good heart and was stupid. And well, he's he, was, terrible. he was there for him and saved him from the rain. Exactly. Abandoned. And it's just that type of sentiment is better than anything I could have ever imagined as a kid growing up. And when 
I mean, let's be honest. His TCG cards are also some of the best-looking cards I've ever seen in my life. And after almost 900 Pokemon, I still think his design is perfect. Like the, I Honestly, Charmeleon is the second-best-looking Pokemon in my mind. And it's just... I, I understand if he's overhyped because he got two Mega Evolutions. That, I think, was a little bit overboard, personally. Uh, Charizard Wise Life. Fuck Charizard X. Um, okay, guy. He finally got his Dragon Typing. You're going you're gonna to diss the boy like that? Yeah. He finally gets his Dragon Typing. I get a giant, regular-looking Charizard with Drought. Yes, I'll take that all day. <laughs> I had over 300 wins on X and Y. On life. <laughs> I understand the overhype, but for me personally, it's just like this Pokemon defines why I love the games. If it wasn't for Charizard, I honestly probably wouldn't care about Pokemon. Because of the way he was portrayed in the shows, the games, and most media, it just really, I don't know, it just captured my heart, literally. Like, I just, I love the Pokemon, and to be able to have him as a partner Pokemon at the beginning... At, almost, at mostly every game, or after you start it, you can trade it. It just kind of means a lot. However, you know, the champion of a brand new generation having Charizard was maybe a little much. I think what they should have done is given him Dragapult and given Dragapult uh, G-Max. Actually, no, I'm sorry, not give him a G-Max, but make Dragapult, the pseudo-legendary, really like the icon for... Uh, what's his name? For Leon, the champion. Leon, yeah. And, we, and but, we've seen like the 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 pseudo legendaries be the iconic Pokemon of like Gen the 4, champion right? of the region. You got Dragonite. You've got oh god, Garchomp, Garchomp, Salamence with Salamence. Drake. What was Johto? Johto Tyranitar. Was... Who had Tyranitar in the Elite Four? No one does. Oh. They they kept Godzilla at Mount Silver. <laughs> oh shit, that's right. I was so bummed about that. I understand, real quick, why he's overrated or uh, overhyped, and it's because, for me, okay, so for me, Bonsly has a unspeakable, like undying love. Like I absolutely cherish that Pokemon. He's probably got less than five cards ever made. Uh. <laughs> Like, no one even cares about him. I care about that little piece of shit. When I saw him in XD Gale of Darkness, which was the first time a Gen 4 Pokemon was ever revealed with Munchlax and Bonsai, I just, like, I lost my shit. So I can kind of understand, though, what it's like to love a certain Pokemon, and you almost never see it in any of the media. Mm -hmm. It's it's not even important in the games. I, and I'm not saying that because he's a baby Pokemon. I'm just saying in general. Uh, on a grand scale, it's like, eh. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. Charizard, I know Pikachu is the mascot, but I think this franchise without Charizard, this is going to be bold, without Charizard wouldn't be where it's at today. Like, he literally carries the franchise on his shoulders. There's a $50,000 card for him. Like, no other Pokemon comes close to that. And granted, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3 are some of the best designs I've ever seen in any type of medium when it comes to mm -hmm. character design. He still found a way to get us to where we're at today. I mean, they literally made Gen 3 thinking that that was it. Like, they weren't going to continue this franchise. They didn't think they can do it again. Like, it was over after Gen 2. 
That's insane to think about, honestly. And here we are, five generations later. It trips me out, yeah. It's it's insane to think about, yeah. And, and you know what, man? I, I agree with you on a lot of points. It ties into your... I don't want to say nostalgia goggles. I don't want to say anything of a negative connotation with your experiences with the Pokemon franchise and why Charizard is your favorite, but a lot of that has to deal with your first experiences with the games, with the series, you know, with the show. You pulled literally one of the most rare cards you can in today's time as a kid, and you were just stoked about it. So it's understandable why your love for Charizard is so strong. Because it goes to, that's how you started out. And Pokemon means a lot to us because it's been there for us for a long time. Longer than we care to remember. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I see why you're, you love Charizard. But I think what got me <laughs> super just kind of over the hype and everything was Leon and his Charizard. You know, you made a really good point. It should have been the pseudo-legendary, which was Dragapult, uh, being the champion's main Pokemon. That would have been, honestly, tradition. It would have been great. But Pokemon Company saw the hype that Charizard has. It knows that it is literally everyone's favorite and essentially the mascot, aside from Pikachu. You know, you have tag teams that... <laughs> Jesus. That's our co-co-host, Ruby. Yeah. She's, we, we might have to do a little commercial break here in a minute, but, uh, you know, you have tag teams, which, in fact, when we come back, we can talk about the TCG, which is another huge part of the fandom for us. Um, you know, you have the two mascots of Pokemon, Charizard and Pikachu, paired up with probably some of the most underrated legendaries uh, of the series, which is uh, Zekrom and Reshiram, respectively. Uh, it's... Oh, God. But you're right. The the Charizard <laughs> is as much a mascot... I swear to God. Okay. Charizard's just as much as a mascot as Pikachu, and... I respect your love for Charizard because I've known you for so long and you've loved Charizard for so long. But I swear to God, everyone in Galar can shut the fuck up about Leon's fucking Charizard. <laughs> and with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to pause the recording, Ryan. Well, um, I think we can end it there. I think this is. There? Yeah, because I think the TCG are personal favorite games and why they're our personal favorites and just so many other topics about Pokemon and God knows where else we go with this. We can we can do we a can... whole TCG like as a medium episode. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm which I'm more than down for, obviously, because you know I like different types of TCGs, but we can go on for an extremely long time about Pokemon TCG. Yeah, so we'll leave it at that. I think this was a great starting point. Um just go ahead and close this out. Alright, Ryan. Uh well I'm gonna stop the recording right now. Uh, well, actually, how about we do a little outro? If you guys did listen to this podcast, uh, we appreciate it. Honest, honestly, we had this idea to start this podcast just for fun, and if we can get people to listen and you know listen to our ideas on different subjects that we're going to bring up, and you know if we can start an online community and interact with anybody who may listen, we're all for it. If only one person listens to this, cool. If multiple do, dozens, there's dozens of us. That'd be great. Um, honestly, I just enjoy exploring this medium with my best friend, and um, uh, yeah, hope you guys just, enjoyed listening. Just two best friends who wanted to share their thoughts to a bigger, you know, grand scope, and see who who else wants to chime in. And uh, it's just something we've always done, and it's always fun to do because we have differing opinions so much when it comes to Pokemon. 
it's actually really cool to hear what you have to say about it. So uh, hopefully anybody that tunes into this uh, enjoyed this. Stay tuned for a hell of a lot more. This is the It Just Works podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan. And I'm your co-host, Brandon. Take it easy, guys.